I just want to share a couple of thoughts with you very quickly this morning. And um, I, think, I think, you know, as we come upon this time of the year again, Remembrance Day, I think all of us wish that the, there would be no more wars to come. That this would be the last Remembrance Day and that all we would be doing is remembering wars of the past and that would be the end. But we know that's not so. And um, just, it's, it's difficult, I think, for some of us to even comprehend the sheer emotion of what it is to have a loved one in active service even now. Just in the first service, I, I prayed with a family whose son are, is presently serving in Afghanistan, a 24-year-old son. And, and the mother came and just asked me to pray and, and just was in tears. And she said, you know, I, I, um, I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm anxious every day of my life. And I said, you know, I have a son who's 27 and a son who's 23. I said, I can only imagine what it is to have your child in harm's way every day. And so we prayed for Joshua. The truth is our, our troops have an endless job, peacekeeping. Because the world does not embrace peacemaking. In fact, um, a little while ago, a statistician did some work on the numbers of wars, some realities of war. Norwegian, actually, statistician computerized every war that had ever been fought. And his study indicated that during 5,560 years of recorded history, there have been 14,531 wars. Can you imagine? Averaging a little over 2.6 wars each year. In the history of 185 generations of people, only 10 of those generations have witnessed unbroken peace. The great problem, of course, is trying to keep a lid on evil. Rather than disarming wickedness once and for all. There just seems to be no end of tyrannical uprisings. No sooner is one temporarily contained or quelled and upsprings another. By nature, the human condition is hateful, bigoted, selfish, greedy, malicious, fearful, suspicious, misled politically, socially, and religiously. Any attempts at peace are swamped by the human reality. Lives are lost and families are devastated. 152 times people from our region have stood in that bridge over the highway of heroes. That's 152 times too many. So is this the inevitable cycle of society after society or is there an alternative? Is peace possible? I want to talk today very briefly about a peace that if embraced by people would bring our soldiers home, would bring all soldiers everywhere home for good. It's not peacekeeping that I'm talking about today. It's not peacemaking that I'm talking about today, as important as those things are. It's a peace that Jesus Christ talked about more than 2,000 years ago. Not by outward force or by fear or by political posturing. Not pretend peace. Merely keeping a lid on the explosiveness of evil. 
But it goes something like this. In John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. I want to very quickly point out three things to you this morning in this peace statement that Jesus made, the implications of which can change your life forever. And the first is this. Jesus called this kind of peace my peace. You notice that? He calls it my peace. But not the kind that the world gives. In distinction, he sets it apart as my peace in distinction to the peace that the world tries to offer. Now, by the way, the original audience that Jesus was addressing, they knew a sort of peace. It was called the Pax Romana. For 200 plus years, the people that Jesus was addressing were involved in the peace of the occupying forces of Rome called the peace of Rome or Pax Romana. Jesus said, my peace is not like that. It's not like the peace that you see around you, the peace that the world offers. It's not peace through brutality, through occupation, through threats. It's not, that's not peace. That you see around you, that's control. That's oppression. Uh, That's simply the absence of warfare by the presence of Roman soldiers. That's not what I'm talking about, Jesus said. I'm talking about the peace of Jesus Christ. In particular, I'm talking about God's peace, my peace. A, A particular kind of peace, perfect peace. The way peace was supposed to be. That's what I'm talking about, Jesus said. It has vast implications for life. Enriched life, not enslaved life. It's not just the absence of war. It is the presence of God. My peace. The type the world gives doesn't come from me because if it did, it would work. It doesn't work. Our sons and daughters are still in harm's way. The problem with ongoing warfare is the problem of the human condition, which always overcomes the peace that the world gives. Peace that's imposed upon people from the outside will always be subdued by force. It must be to be contained, to be protected. It's temporary at best. Because it affects a person from the outside. My peace, Jesus said, is different. It's permanent. It enables you to be in some ways immunized from your circumstances. It's not peacekeeping. It's not peacemaking. I'm talking about peacegiving. I'm talking about the gift of peace, Jesus said. This peace, he says, I give you. I give you the gift of God's peace. So it's my peace, he says. But secondly, he says, because I give it to you, your heart will no longer be troubled. Why are people's hearts troubled? Well, fundamentally, because they are not at peace with God. The greatest tragedy in life isn't the war of our circumstances. It's being disconnected from a relationship with God the Father. 
by nature, all of us, all human beings, have a, a, a built-in unwillingness to follow after God's ways. We, we have within us a radical, independent, rebellious heart. We, we, by nature, are at war with God. We prefer to go it our way, which puts us at odds with God. And it causes our heart to have a deep and settled, troubled sense. People don't understand fully. They, they don't, aren't able to articulate it. But deep inside of their hearts, there's this resident sense of trouble because they're not at peace with God. You know, as a pastor, I have many opportunities and calls, sadly, to go to the deathbed of someone. And I can always tell the difference between someone whose heart is at peace with God and someone who has that resident, settled, troubled heart. And my question is always the same. Is it well with God? Is your heart at peace with God? Or or do you have a troubled heart? Do you have the peace that Jesus Christ talks about? My peace. Do you have that? It's a gift that God offers. The troubled heart is unsettled. It knows something is wrong. It feels that something is wrong because eternity is jeopardized. My peace, Jesus says, I leave with you so you do not have to live with a troubled heart. The third thing he says, because I leave it with you, my peace that is, do not be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of life. Afraid of the unknown. Afraid of circumstances. Afraid of, uh, afraid of death. The, the scriptures talk about death as the, the final and the greatest enemy. Jesus is talking about all of these fears. The peace that I'm talking about, Christ says, can, can, can eliminate, can move you from these fears. The fear of death, the possibility of the end of existence or separation forever from people who mean so much to us. The separation from life, separation from God. Jesus wants us to know that he is not the God of the dying, the God of death. God is not the God of death. He's the God of the living. We were not created to die but to live. So he says, do not be afraid. Receive the peace of Jesus. So that's the three descriptions. It's, it's my peace, Jesus says. It, it's, it's a peace that will chase trouble from your heart. It's a peace that will chase fear from your heart. Well, the question obviously then is, how do I get this peace? What do I have to do to have this peace? Well, the good news is that something already has been done for you. Into a world at war with God stepped Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For war crimes against creator God, because of our rebellious, independent, radical hearts that had declared war on God, not going his way, but going our own way, God who loved us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. This past week, Myself and 30 other Canadians celebrated a Remembrance Day service in a very, very significant part of the world. We stood together and um, 
had a moment's silence remembering the sacrifice that has been made for our freedom by those who've died in wars past. But also took the opportunity to remember the, the ultimate sacrifice that was made for us by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who, who came to this earth and died on the cross of Calvary, who rose from the dead by dying on the cross, enabled us to have our sins forgiven in a relationship with God the Father, to have the peace of God. We stood in a place that's presently called Varia, Greece. But for those of you who know your Bibles, you will know that that's a, a rhyme for the biblical term and biblical site called Berea. And those of you who know your Bibles very well will remember that the Apostle Paul went to that site some 2,000 years ago and preached to them that the Christ had to suffer and die and rise again from the grave. And those of you who know your scriptures will know that the Bereans were a particularly good people because they searched the Old Testament scriptures to see if what the Apostle Paul was teaching them about Jesus Christ was so. And I would presume that in the searching of their scriptures, they probably turned to Isaiah 53. Some 800 years before the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah prophesied the the ultimate sacrifice that would be made for mankind that we might have the peace of God, that we might have our sins forgiven. It goes something like this. Well, it goes exactly like this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Rebellious, radical, independent hearts. Each of us has turned his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. The good news is that the war crimes that we have committed against the God of the universe have been atoned for by Jesus Christ who sacrificed his life to pay for our punishment that we might have our sins forgiven and peace with God. God himself took our punishment so he could declare our sin paid for And offer us the gift of salvation. And all we have to do. Is wave a white flag of surrender. And say yes Lord. I'm I'm the one guilty of the war crimes against the God of the universe. I'm the radical independent rebellious heart that wanted to go my own way. But I, I, I need the peace of Jesus Christ. I want to turn your way. I want to know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In Romans 5, verses 1 through 2, it says there, we are justified, in other words, declared righteous, declared right through faith. And we have peace, of, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By believing that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price, made the ultimate sacrifice, and died for us, That we could have our sins forgiven and peace with God. 
by believing in that, by trusting in Christ alone, we can have the peace that Jesus talks about here. Our hearts no longer have to be troubled. We no longer have to live with that ultimate enemy fear of death. So the question this morning is, are you ready to lay down your arms? Your war of independence from God. And trade it for relief for your troubled heart. For a life of anxiety and fear. Living full of fears and afraid. My peace, Jesus says, I give you. My peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. Because in that transaction, I give you the Holy Spirit who will come in and live with you. And you will have the peace of God because you will have the God of peace. That's the offer that our God makes to you today. All you have to do is reach out and receive it right where you are. Father, thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate sacrifice to die in our place, to take our punishment that we might have our sins forgiven, to have the peace of Jesus Christ, to have our hearts no longer filled with trouble and our fears relieved. May everyone here, Father, lay down their arms and their strong will of independence against you and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that we might have the peace Jesus calls my peace, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to so many of you who made today possible by all your service to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Thank you to our young adult ministry who are presently providing hospitality to our guests today and serving them lunch and uh, having opportunity to connect a little bit more about the things of Christ. Our Savior is an amazing Savior. He not only promises in this passage to offer us his peace, my peace, he says, I give to you. But he says this as well, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And then he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Can you imagine that? Our great God and Savior gives us his peace, his love, and his joy. A very particular kind. My peace, my love, my joy. All at the cost of our Savior. Isn't that amazing? Father, we love you today. We thank you so much as we think of lives lost and the cost of life. Families concerned about loved ones in war because of the evils of mankind. And Jesus, our wonderful Lord, died for us that he might offer us peace and love and joy. Father, thank you for giving that to us. And thank you for doing it all for us. 
all you've asked us is to turn from our lives and our wickedness, from our independence, from our war against you and, and receive it as a gift. Lord, I pray that everyone here today has the peace of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus found only in Jesus. Come to him, won't you? He's calling you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.